business leaders, listen up. It's time to eliminate bad attitudes, politics, and distrust on your business teams. It's time to change the culture of your team. That means you as the leader must change. It's time for you to have impact. Learn how from corporate consultant Dave Anderson on Impact Talk Radio. It's a learning hour of no fluff, straight talk with solutions designed to impact high-impact leaders who want to lead high-impact teams. It's time to stop reacting and start leading. Here's Dave Anderson with Impact Talk Radio. You know, I grew up in New York, and I would never hear a New Yorker say, a lipstick with pig is still, uh, I'm sorry, a pig with lipstick on it is still a pig. But see, I moved to Texas back in 1988. I married a Texan in 1993, and I've lived down here in Texas for all but five years since then. See, what happens is when you marry a Texas girl, you're going to end up living in Texas. It's kind of the law. One of the reasons is it's the law is because dads have, a lot of dads have guns down here. Now, here's the interesting thing. I'm a Texas dad now too. I own guns. And guess what? Somebody marries my daughter who's not from Texas, guess where they're going to end up living? (laughs) But look, a pig with lipstick on it is still a pig. It's the first time I ever heard that was when when I moved down here to Texas. And I was wondering, how does this apply? And then I started thinking about all these business magazines that publish articles and that discuss a company's culture. Article after an article just says uh, it talks about the perks. It talks about the color of office walls or the fact that there's a ping pong table where the conference table used to be. You know, honestly, who cares? I mean, you know, I don't care if I get to play ping pong at work if I can't trust the guy I just beat to be honest with me later. I mean, a pig with lipstick on it is still a pig. I mean, I like ping pong. I just don't want to play it with people I can't trust to keep accurate score. You know, if ping pong and casual dress or whatever determines a company culture, then I need to look at a company's character more than I need to look at its culture. I'm Dave Anderson, and you're listening to Impact Talk Radio. And on this show and every show, you're going to get a dose of reality, a dose of advice, a dose of impact solutions, and a dose of hope. I designed Impact Talk Radio for the small business owners, the entrepreneurs, the frontline and middle managers, the sales managers out there. You know, you can find Impact Talk Radio on toginet.com. That's T-O-G-I-N-E-T.com. Or you can download Impact Talk Radio on iTunes. See, we're in a series of shows right now. We're in the third of the series of uh, four shows that's discussing the role of a leader in defining a company's culture. As a matter of fact, that was the first topic, defining a company culture being the leader's job. And we talked with Rob Nielsen of All-American Leadership. And then the show, this previous show, we talked about how a leader casts a vision with Stefan Moore of Shiloh Camps. Stefan was a basketball player at University of Arkansas, actually captain of his basketball team, and now runs Shiloh Camps and is a leadership speaker and motivator. And today we're going to talk about organizational character as opposed to organizational culture. We're going to talk about organizational character. We're going to talk with a Vietnam veteran of two tours, two tours in Vietnam. He, he earned a silver star, two Purple Heart medals, and multiple other medals. And later he was stationed at West Point for 24 years as the head of the physical education department there before retiring from the military in 1997. He's also my dad. <laughs> See, he 
taught me this topic. He taught me this term, organizational character, and I'd never thought of it that way before. And he's been speaking to, about individual and organizational character, Fortune, 50, Fortune 500 companies, since he left the Army in 1997. And what he always said to me was, you got to be careful of those buzzwords, those buzzwords that people use but they never define. And one of those buzzwords is culture. See, people use it all the time but they never define it. And see, when culture is mentioned, we hear about things that supposedly make a job site a great place to work. But the things they mention rarely tell me anything about more than what, what the perks are. I mean, the perks are what people talk about. These magazines, they talk about perks, they talk about extras, they talk about the four-day work week, casual dress, on-site daycares, offices without walls, flexible hours, adoption assistance, all these great things that are nice to have. But do they really say whether or not that makes a, a place a great place to work? See, unfortunately, the culture of a company is now described more in terms of its outward appearances than who that company is at its soul. That's, that's what organizational character talks about, who that company is at its soul. See, I worked for a company that had an incredible array of perks available to all its employees. Each year, we were reminded of all these things that were offered to us, and there was a ton of things. Now, there was a whole lot of perks that were given to us and, uh, as a result of working there. But as years went on, people kept leaving the company, and, it got, and as time went on, more and more people left the company. And they were leaving for companies that seemed to offer less, less perks. The question is why? Why would they leave? Well, I realize now that they weren't, people weren't staying in that company because of, uh, because of the stuff that was being offered because they were leaving for the places that were offered less. I realize now that those things that are described as culture don't necessarily make a place a great place to work. What makes a great place to work is the organization's character. Now, before we go any further, if you want to read more, if you want to get more information on organizational character, individual character, leadership, how do you develop that organizational culture on your team, you can go to my blog site, AndersonLeadershipSolutions.com. Okay, AndersonLeadershipSolutions.com. Or if you want some resources that you can download, templates and things like that that you can use and uh, right away, you can go to the OverwhelmedManagersGuide.com. Overwhelmed managersguide.com and find those resources there. But when we're talking about organizational character, that is de- that's determined by the collective, how that collective group habitually operates. How do they operate on a regular basis? Do their values align with their behaviors? Are the, the organizational character of a team is how they behave. The demonstrated values with each other and with the customers. Not just how they behave with customers, but with each other and with the customers. And no one is more responsible for de- determining the character of an organization than the leadership. See, the leadership determines the values the company lives by. And I'm not talking about the, comp- the, the values that the company professes or the team says is important. I'm talking about how the company actually operates. How do people behave on a regular basis? See, I witnessed a company change from, for the worse as a result of change in upper management. The values didn't change. The same values were on the website, but the leadership changed. And the leadership began to operate in a way that was contrary to a lot of the company values. And over time, that change trickled down into the front lines. And as that happened, more and more quality people left the organization, an organization that had incredible perks. 
to work for companies that seemed to offer less. What these smaller companies did have to offer was character. These companies not only had values they claimed, but they also demonstrated those values. They lived by those values. See, don't get confused when you read an article about organizational culture and believe what matters to the people is how they get to dress or what perks are available. These do little to determine whether, whether or not it's a good place to work. The character of a company is, is determined by the character of the leadership. It starts from the leadership, how the leadership behaves. And if those leaders at the top have character, then the company will likely demonstrate the, char- the character of its leadership. The demonstrated values, the values you claim, do people behave in alignment with those values? A company is truly only an organization of high character and, and thus a great place to work if the people in charge live by the values and create the, uh, create the character that they want. If that atmosphere, see, that atmosphere can happen whether people are asked to wear suits and ties or whether or not they're in jeans and tie-dyed shirts. It's the organizational character that keeps people around. It's the organizational character that is the responsibility of the leadership. What are your values and how do, do people behave in alignment with those values? See, a pig with lipstick on it is still a pig. Who a company is at its soul, its organizational character, determines whether people want to work there or not. Not a ping pong table, but it's the character. The character of you as a leader, the character that you, you ask of from your people, the behaviors that you reinforce with your people, that you communicate how you want them to live and how you want them to behave, not just with the, with the customers, but with each other as well. That's what we're going to be covering during the rest of this show. And uh, when we come back, we're going to have, as I said, we're going to have General Jim Anderson on with us to discuss organizational character, what it looked like during his time in Vietnam. How did West Point go about uh, go about instilling and creating the organizational character it has there? And now remember – if you're looking for more resources, if you're looking, looking to find me in more places, you can find me at Twitter at DaveAnderson88. You can also find me on, uh, on LinkedIn. You can find me at Dave Anderson Leadership Solutions because Dave Anderson is a pretty common name on LinkedIn. So just type in Dave Anderson Leadership Solutions and find me there as well. Uh, and you also you can find those resources at OverwhelmedManagersGuide.com. A dose of impact solutions. Dave Anderson will be right back. Join the Executive Business Seminar with author and trainer, Dr. Risa Wolf, Ph.D. Are you looking for practical business tips and techniques for dealing with difficult situations or lowering speaking anxiety? Then this show is where you need to be if you are a business owner, corporate executive, or anyone ambitious about their career growth. Dr. Risa Wolf draws from her extensive mentoring background for business leaders and executives and interviews leaders who have practical solutions. Join Dr. Risa Wolf every Thursday at 6 p.m. Eastern Standard Time for your edition of the Executive Business Seminar right here on ABRN, the All Business Radio Network. In today's business world, a helping hand or idea that doesn't come with an invoice is a treasured find. And if that happens to you, then you need to pay it forward to keep other entrepreneurs from making mistakes or getting a raw deal. 
It's called Paying It Forward with Josephine Girasi. Wednesday mornings at 10, 9 a.m. Central. Josephine is going to have the guests describe their accomplishments, the lessons they've learned, both good and bad, and then sharing those pieces of knowledge as we create a movement of Paying It Forward. For more information about Josephine, her business, and background, you can go to MyMomKnowsBest.com. Josephine Jirasi has always been a problem solver. She saw this need and has turned it into a movement. It's Paying It Forward with tips, tools, and advice and hard lessons learned. These pieces of knowledge can make a huge difference for you, your business, and others. So join us for Paying It Forward with Josephine Jirasi, Wednesday mornings at 10 a.m., 9 a.m. Central on Doginet.com. Welcome back to Impact Talk Radio. It's time to stop reacting and start leading. Here's Dave Anderson. Hey, one of the great things about Impact Talk Radio is I get to fulfill my life vision. See, my life vision is to lead good people to become the great people God designed them to be. And Impact Talk Radio lets me use technology to do that. See, I speak and I do training with organizations and big and small but I can only touch so many people in a face-to-face format. On Impact Talk Radio, anyone, anyone can download these shows anytime, day or night, in any part of the world, and hear great leadership gurus like our next guest. Our guest today graduated from West Point in 1956, and he served with honor in two tours of Vietnam, earning a silver star and two purple hearts while he was over there. He served as one of the America's earliest advisors to the South Vietnamese in the early 60s and went back again to work at MACV headquarters for General, a- General Creighton Abrams and also was a battalion commander during that time with the 1st Cavalry Division in ni- during 1969 and 70. He later, he later became... Uh, was promoted to the youngest to be the youngest full colonel in the army, taking over the Department of Physical Education at West Point, where he served for 24 years and later later retired. He spent 18 years as he's now spent 18 years as a leadership speaker and trainer, working with thousands of leaders from Fortune 500 companies and government agencies. And he does most of his work at the Lincoln Leadership Institute in Gettysburg, Pennsylvania, where he focuses on individual and organizational character. He also happens to be my dad. So I'm, I want to introduce you all to General James L. Anderson, my father, and uh, thanks for being here and giving thousands upon thousands more people the opportunity to hear, hear about your experiences and wisdom uh, on organizational character there, Dad. I appreciate you being here. Thank you, David. Well, let me ask you this, because I know I, I threw it out there about your experiences in Vietnam. Uh, was there an instance while you were in Vietnam where the character of one of your units needed to be shifted or changed? Yes. Uh, as a matter of fact, in January of 1970, uh, the battalion that I was asked to, uh, was assigned to take over, uh, was, had had some difficulties, uh, uh racial incidents, uh, within the battalion. And, uh, mm-hmm. I was sent in there to take over that battalion. I knew nobody in the battalion. Uh, so I was the, the brand new person, uh, that came in. Uh, mm-hmm. one of the things that I found was that there was a lot of, uh, distrust, uh, between the races. Uh, and consequently, that distrust led to problems that they had. Uh, so when I took over, one of the first things I tried to do was to earn, first of all, the trust of everybody in the, in the battalion. And uh, and worked with them 
on that. I made especially because I am the Caucasian. Uh, I made uh, especially made uh, tried to make uh, the, the to develop uh, the trust with the the uh, African American uh, soldiers that were there. And before I left there, uh, we had a top functioning battalion uh, that did a, a great job, and uh, they understood what I was talking about when I talked about organizational character. Well, where did you come up with that phrase, organizational character? Because I know I read a lot, read a lot and I know you read a lot, but I, it's not something I see out there in the business literature very often. Where did you come up with that? Well, I came up with it because of the, my study of character and what character actually means. And uh, I went back to Plato and Aristotle, looked at what they, uh, what they said about it. I came down with the idea that I really pretty much agreed more with Aristotle than I did with, uh, with Plato about what character is. Uh, but I came up with a, another definition uh, of character, which uh, really uses, all you have to do is remember two words. The first one is understanding, and that is have an understanding of what is right and good and proper uh, in any circumstance that you get involved with. And then the second one is have the courage to do what you know is right and good and proper. Uh, That's what I did uh, when I studied character like this. I realized that that works for individuals, but... It also has to work uh, within organizations. Uh, the so, and people get mixed up on what the difference is between character and ethics. Some people think it's the same thing, but it really isn't because ethics it talks about uh, what you should do, what is good and proper. So that's the understanding part of character, but the part that uh, does not is not addressed in the ethics manuals or your code of ethics and so forth is, uh, is what is to have the courage to do what you know is right and good and proper. So mm. when tying that in with culture, uh, I, I liken the culture of an organization to being ethics. In other words, mm-hmm. this is what we like to do in this organization. This is what we, we want to do, but is it actually does it is it actually accomplished? Uh, that's the part that uh, made me look at organizations and say yes, organizations need to have character, and as well as individuals have character. And the character of an organization, I feel, is the sum total of the characters of all of the individuals within the organization, and that's why it's important uh, in your organization to talk about character and to emphasize character well and i anybody who listened to my opening they're going to hear your you're they're going to hear what you just said coming out of my my mouth uh, just a few minutes earlier because i was talking about the same thing obviously on my father's son here but you spent 24 years as the head, head of the department and physical education department at West Point. And I mean, and actually having been a cadet there and actually another tour even prior to that in, in the late mid to late sixties here, what was it that you, West Point did as far as impacting the, or the developing the organizational character? And why is that held true for so long for centuries? Really? What, what is it that West Point does to do that? 
Well, I think that the it it, start, it begins with what is the purpose of uh, West Point, uh, mm-hmm. the United States Military Academy at West Point. Uh, we sat down as the as the faculty at West Point to ex- explain and to to define our purpose, and we came up with the fact that the purpose of, of West Point is to provide the nation with leaders of character to serve the common defense. Now, that sounds great when we finished writing it. But then when I looked at it and I said, yeah, but that word character, we need to have more of a definition for what that character, what are we talking about? In other words, it's more than just the culture of West Point. It's Mm -hmm. the character and what we expect of the faculty as well as what we expect of the cadets. And so that's when we got into the discussion about character, those two words, understanding and courage. Have an understanding of what is the right and good and proper thing to do, and then have the courage to do what you know is right and good and proper. Mm-hmm. Well, and I know, having gone to West Point myself, you know, on a, everything that we do and everything we talk about, we talk about uh, three words all the time, duty, honor, country. And those are a lot like the values a, a, a corporate entity might have, aren't they? Yes, they are. And, and that's, again, that, when you look at that and how it ties in with our purpose of the United States Military Academy, and that is to provide the nation with leaders of character to serve the common defense. The, we, our country puts our, our safety of this country into that purpose, and that's mm-hmm. what we're, that's what we're uh, talking about. Well, I, I, I see these organizations, and I'm, I'm helping organizations develop their values and defining what good looks like, uh, you know, and, and defining what duty looks like uh, and defining what honor looks like and defi- uh, defining what the, the value of country looks like. But one of the things that West Point did with the, the one thing, the honor, was they, had, they developed a whole honor code and a whole honored education system. Yeah. How did that? How does that impact cadet life and the organizational character of West Point and the well, military it, it as a whole? It is really the center of of the uh, of doing of giving cadets and and encouraging cadets and requiring cadets uh, to develop the character that will um, help to make them leaders of character. And uh, as, as the honor code says, a, a cadet will not lie, cheat, nor steal nor tolerate those who do. Mm. And the lie, cheating, lying, cheating, and stealing, is that's, that's you know, part of the competence thing uh, and the understanding of what is the right and good and proper thing to do. Uh, and so, you know, that's, that's where it begins. And then that's expected of every cadet uh, uh, during the time that they are there. Now, I will say this to you. Uh, mm-hmm. I've I've known cadets uh, who were uh, students of mine at West Point, who at some time uh, did not live up to that 100% of the time. You know, something is that none of us are perfect in our character. Mm-hmm. We need to be something that we strive at all the time. And mm-hmm. in organizations, the leadership, the leaders of character in the organizations are the one that need to protect 
the the uh, organizational character. Uh, the companies that a number of companies that have gone uh, bankrupt uh, have have failed, suffered strategic failures, starting back with Enron and WorldCom and so forth. Uh, the reason for that was because of the the greed and dishonesty within those companies. Uh, even though maybe some of the people were not necessarily greedy and dishonest, but mm-hmm. there were enough of them that it caused the strategic failures of those organizations. Well, you know, one of Enron's uh, one of Enron's core values was integrity. So uh, absolutely. they had it on their website. <laughs> Is that enough? <laughs> well, I noticed that almost every organization has that word integrity as as a part of it, but I'm not certain that they understand uh, necessarily how difficult that is. Uh, mm-hmm. I like to tell people that to, to be a person of integrity, there are three things that you have to be able to do, and they tie in very closely with the idea of character. The first thing you have to be able to do is you have to be able to discern what is right and wrong, what is the proper thing to do. Secondly, when you see that somebody is not doing that, you need to be prepared to speak out, even at personal cost. In other words, a lot of people don't want to speak out because they're going to lose a friend. Uh, maybe it's their brother, maybe it's their son, maybe it's their father, and so forth. They don't want to speak out, but that is required if you're going to be a person of integrity. And then the third step is you need to be prepared to say, I did this because I saw something that was wrong, mm. and speak out about it. And so uh, that word integrity is a very difficult uh, challenge to live up to. You know, we got about 90 seconds here before we have to uh, go to break, and I'm just thinking of companies like Enron, like you mentioned, and, and situations like what happened at Penn State. You know, there were probably people in those situations that knew what was going on. And maybe they even said, you know what, I'm not going to take part in this. But they never said anything. They let it ride. They may have said, I'm not going to that meeting. They may have decided not to be on that conference call, whatever, when those things were being discussed. But that last thing, speaking up and saying why why you're acting in that way, was maybe something that prevented the that could have prevented everything from falling the way they did at Enron or at Penn State in the athletic department there that's exactly right well you know when we come back we're going to talk more about you know some specific solutions some impact solutions that that you can share with with the people listening today how that can they as leaders go about reinforcing that character they want to have on their team and also how can they go about uh, reinforcing the behaviors of the people on their team we'll be right back uh, right back with impact talk radio and general james l anderson to discuss organizational character and just a few seconds until then you can find me at at dave anderson 88 on twitter if you want to follow me there this is impact talk radio learn more on dave anderson's blog at anderson leadership stay with us back after these 
In today's business world, you have to be LinkedIn. LinkedIn, it's a great tool. And Carol McManus is the LinkedIn lady. Join us for the LinkedIn Lady Show every weekday afternoon at 3 p.m. Central on the Rock Studio Network. Carol is here to show you and your business how every social media site has a specific demographic, personality, and purpose that can benefit you. In each show, the LinkedIn lady will have a variety of guests, such as business owners who will showcase their businesses and talk about how they're using social media to stay in touch with not only customers, but to attract new relationships that become customers. Other guests will be experts in social media who will speak to the use of Facebook, Twitter, YouTube, Google, Plaxo, Squidoo, and of course, LinkedIn. For more on Carol and the show, check out her website, LinkedInLady.com. Join us for the LinkedIn Lady Show with your host, Carol McManus, every weekday afternoon at 3 p.m. Central on the Rockstar Radio Network. If you're ready for a big change in your work, your career, your happiness, your life, it's time for the Million Dollar Mindset with Marla Tabaka. Monday afternoons at 2, 1 Central on Toginet.com. Marla believes that with the right mindset, anything is possible. Join us as successful life coach Marla Tabaka inspires you and her clients to explore, discover, and live your dreams by developing what she calls the million-dollar mindset. Marla will inspire you to take action on your dreams and reveal secrets to success that will help you realize your own unique power. Tune into the million-dollar mindset for heartwarming stories with Marla Tabaka. Learn tips and tricks to building a successful business and unlock the secrets to creating a happier, more balanced life through abundant thinking and attraction power. For more information on the Million Dollar Mindset, go to our website, MarlaTabaka.com. That's M-A-R-L-A-T-A-B-A-K-A.com. It's the Million Dollar Mindset with Marla Tabaka. Monday afternoons at 2, 2, 1 p.m. Central on Toginet.com. Welcome back to Impact Talk Radio. No fluff. Just straight talk with impact solutions for high-impact leaders. Here's Dave Anderson. Hey, welcome back to Impact Talk Radio. Look, the reason I call this Impact Talk Radio is I really believe that if I'm not having impact, what am I doing here? Why did God put me on this, wor- on this earth in the first place? That's what drove me to create Impact Talk Radio. I wanted a place where entrepreneurs, small business owners, sales managers, middle managers, frontline leaders – Whoever you are, if you're in a position of leadership, Impact Talk Radio, I designed it just just for you because I try to bring in leadership gurus and speakers and authors who've been there and done that and have, have really studied this topic of leadership and can really help us find some real solutions here. And that's what we're going to do right now during this segment. We're going to look at some impact. And we're going to talk about some impact solutions that you, the busy, busy leader, can can use and your uh, use while you're leading your teams. Now we're here with General uh, General James Anderson. We've been talking about organizational character and how that is the demonstrated values of your team, not just the values that you claim on a website, but how do people actually be- behave? Uh, General, when when you have you've been training leaders for over 55 years, whether it been in the military, while you were a cadet in the military, and now doing it with corporations and, and government agencies and things. What would you say to a leader who is just starting his, his or her brand with a brand new team? Okay. I, uh, I find that uh, when that happens, and it, it happened with me when I took over that uh, battalion that was a failing battalion uh, in, in Vietnam, uh, the first thing that I did 
was I went in and I explained to them what they could expect of me. Mm-hmm. And I, I strongly recommend that to you when you go in to take over an organization. When you take over an organization, all the members there are wondering, who are you? Who is this mm-hmm. person that's coming in to take over? And what is it? What are they like? And so start out with exactly that. Tell them that I can, uh, this is what you can expect of me. Uh, and then not only do you tell them, but you show them what the, you expect. So once you say it, then be certain that you follow through on it. Uh, I had a situation in, in Vietnam where I explained to them, the soldiers, I said, you, I cannot guarantee that you will not die on the battlefield here in Vietnam, but I will make a commitment to you, and that is that if you do die on this battlefield, I will make certain that your body is recovered and was sent home for a decent burial. Now, as we're talking about this on the radio, that doesn't sound like a big thing. But I will tell you that when soldiers, when they're in battle, they, want, they wonder about those things. And mm-hmm. so I had an incident like this that, uh, where, they, where uh, two of my soldiers were killed, uh, left in a bunker complex, and I told them I will make certain that your bodies are recovered, and we went back in there and recovered the bodies of those. So you've got to start out with that. Tell them what they can expect from you, and then after you get uh, start getting in there, then you explain to them what you expect of them, and what they mm-hmm. are what they are going to have to do, and 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 that's where you get into your discussion about uh, your organizational character and what the organization what that means uh, and should mean within that that organization. And so uh, that starts with the definition of the word character. Uh, I spoke about that earlier in, on this show, uh, but again, there are two words that you should understand about the definition of character. The first one is understanding, and that is have an understanding of what is right and good and proper. Now, that's not very difficult, frankly. Uh, your parents started teaching you that in your schools, in your churches, in the organizations that you work with. They will explain to you what they think is right and good and proper. And so that's not terribly difficult to, to know that. But mm-hmm. the most difficult thing is to have the courage to do what is right and good and proper, especially if it, means, it might mean that, there, that you, you are going to catch some flack uh, be, because people aren't, don't necessarily like what it is that uh, you do, or if you have done something wrong and uh, mm-hmm. made a mistake, uh, being able to own up to it and say, I made this mistake. So uh, I, I always like to say, you know, that uh, it's, it's good to have smart people uh, in any organization you have, but it reminds me of Ralph Waldo Emerson back in 1837 at, uh, at Harvard University, uh, said that character uh, is the character is important. As a matter of fact, character is higher than intellect. Hmm. You know what's funny is here. What you know? You repeated yourself. You you you've repeated what character is, 
three times now in just a 10 minute period that you've been on, that you've been on the show. And I'm all often asked, you know, what can a leader do to impact the, impact the character of the organization and things? And you just demonstrated one thing right there when you, by repeating what you said. Yes. I've, I've learned over the years that if you're going to try to get, to get, get a point across to people, an idea or an ideal, across the people, that it is not enough just to say it one time. As a matter of fact, I did research uh, with a, a unit that I led, and I found that I had to, if I had an idea or an ideal that I really wanted to get across to them, I had to repeat it about five times. Mm. Uh, and I won't go into all of the, what, how I discovered that it took five times, but uh, that's the reason when I'm talking about character, you'll find me repeating that uh, a number of times. Well, you know, it goes right back to there's an old sales adage, being an old sales manager that I was. We used to train our salespeople all the time. We said, look, the, a customer needs to, uh, needs to hear something seven times, a message from you seven times before they're going to recall what you've said. And you think about that. Well, who's, who's the leader's customer, so to speak? Well, the primary customer of a leader is the lead the people they lead. So it's the same principle. If you want them to remember something, you better repeat it. And so just if something's important, you should repeat it. And you shouldn't just say it once and think people just got a hold of it and it's going to go, it's going to sink in. And I, in my organizations, uh, especially when I had organizational meetings, I started out with that all the time. I remember I was up in Gettysburg and uh, during the time when the, banks were were going under and we had a group of bankers there and with the this uh, banking organization they had the the president of the of the whole organization there and he came up to me after i talked about this and and he said jim he says i understand what you're you're saying and i i really want to do this he said but we are really busy and how do i how can i get my people to understand that I that I am so you know totally behind what it is that you're saying, and he said, "What should I do?" And I said, "Well, do this. Every time you have a meeting with your people, start out with the statement, do the right thing because it's the right thing to do.' Not mm. because you're going to get a promotion, not because you're going to get a pay raise, but simply because it's the right thing to do." And if we could get all of our people to do that and to do the right thing because it's the right thing to do, then that will take care of the development of our character. You know, we, we talk about these, uh, these meetings and, and businesses these days. There's a big movement to get away from meetings. And actually, I think maybe it's having the right meetings and the right length meetings is what's important, not just not having meetings, but what happens in those meetings. And one of the things I feel is critical for a leader is in those organizational meetings, like you mentioned, is, you know, it can only take 15 minutes a week. But if in those 15 minutes a week, you spend time on the issue of character, your organization's character, the values that you claim, whether it be duty, honor, country, whether it be integrity, teamwork, service, whatever it might be for your organization, just 15 minutes a week where the leader stands up and says, this is what's important and this is why. And they have, and people have a discussion. 
that's what takes that that head knowledge of what a value is or what's important to the leader and moves it from head knowledge about six inches south down into the heart and makes it part of who that organization really is. No, I think you're absolutely right. And I I noticed that our church, uh, where I go to church, uh, we always greet each other in our church with, may the peace of Christ be with you, and the response to that, and also with you. Well, why not take that statement of, of do the right thing because it's the right thing to do, and repeat that, and get your people to say that to each other, and wow. to remind each other. Uh, and that, that's one of the things that will improve the integrity of your organization. Well, here I am. I'm 49 years old. I've been around. I've been around you for 49 years, and that's the first time I've heard that suggestion. And I'm I'm scribbling it down right now because I mean I've heard you say do the right thing because it's the right thing to do. But to have that type of greeting and response between people in an organization that is that is going to make it sink in. I love that idea. Uh, moving forward, so let me ask you this: We've got about four or five minutes left here. You know, there are a lot of people out there listening that may not be the top dog in their organization. They may not be the business owner. They may not be the senior vice president, but they may be that middle manager. And they're looking upwards and they're wondering, well, you know, I'm getting no support on these things from the people above me. You know, what what can a person in that situation do to impact the organization, their organization's character? Well, I think what I would do, and what I have done in in, uh, in organizations where I've, uh, you know, want to get the point across to the leader, to my boss, in other words, is go ahead and repeat that. You know, uh, greet him with that statement. Do the right thing because it's the right thing to do. You know, mm-hmm. and just repeat that. Uh, say that to him, and, and every time you see him, you're not with him all day long, every time you see him, say that same thing, make that same statement, you know, and pretty soon they're, they're going to start asking you, well, you know, what, how can we make this work? What can happen? And so forth, and, and what's the value of this? And, uh, and then, uh, you know, then you're going to get through to them on the other things that you want to talk about because they understand that you are committed to this idea of doing the right thing because it's the right thing to do. Well, you know, and, and, and then even the people, so that's the people above you, but then you still have a responsibility as a leader, the team, the people that you're, that are looking up to you and no matter what's going on above you, your responsibility is still to them to lead them to create an environment, a team, a organizational character that they would want to be part of as well. Yeah, and and let me. This is this is the thing that uh, when that can can also be used that I I like to use and I think about on uh, when we talk about character and that is uh, to say emphasize character at all times mm-hmm. and if you must use words. <laughs> that that goes back to the that goes back to the whole idea more is caught than taught. Uh, and that, uh, you know, leadership by example and all those things that, uh, that we've heard through the years, set the example 
for your for your people and and to encourage other people, uh, encourage your people to set the example for each other. You know that's that's what that's exactly what that uh, what that means. It, emphasize character at all times, and if you must, use words. You know. Well, we have, we have about doing? thirty sec. We have about thirty seconds left right now. You had a final thought you want to leave with our uh, with the people that are listening about organizational character. Well, I think that the the uh, several things that that uh, that I'd like to get across is that first of all that statement that I made. It's the example that you set. You know, all right, we are at. I'm sorry, we are out of time here for that for your people in your organization. Uh, that's what's going to help you to develop the organizational character of, uh, of your company. Thank you very much. We'll be right back with Impact Talk Radio after these messages. Girlfriend is on Toginet. Thursdays at 10 a.m. Eastern, 11 a.m. Central. With your hosts, Patty Wyatt and Lisa Jernigan. This show is your chance to share, learn, laugh, and connect with other women. The girlfriend at principal was born out of loss. Lisa had recently had her mother pass away from cancer, and my mom um, was murdered. A man just walking into a room and started a 23-second shooting spree. I think one of the things we both realized going through those tragedies is that you can be extremely okay and be extremely sad. Check out Girlfriended.com and then be a part of Girlfriended, the radio show, Thursdays at 10 a.m. Eastern, 11 a.m. Central. You know, your boyfriend or, or your husband or whatever, they don't totally understand that emotional side to a woman like another woman does. And I think that's so important just to have somebody that you go, she gets me. Check out the website, girlfriended.com. Don't miss Girlfriended with Patty Wyatt and Lisa Jernigan. Thursdays at 10 a.m. a.m. Eastern, 11 a.m. Central on toginet.com. Welcome back to Impact Talk Radio. It's time to stop reacting and start leading. Here's Dave Anderson. Hey, we just finished talking to Vietnam veteran, Silver Star, Purple Heart honoree, and leadership speaker, Brigadier General James L. Anderson, my father. And we discussed the organizational character, what organizational character is and how a leader can shape the character of his team. You know, look, I want to make sure that you all know where you can go to find more information on this. You can go You can go to my blog at AndersonLeadershipSolutions.com. If you're typing it in on your phone and you want a shorter version, just type in ALSLead.com, and that, and that will get you to the same website where you can read my blogs that come out about twice a week. If you want some solutions, if you've got, if you've got some things that you need, some things you want to download, videos and things, you can also go to the OverwhelmedManagersGuide.com. Again, OverwhelmedManagersGuide.com. Or you again on your phone, om-guide.com, and you can find resources there. Uh, look, if you like what you're hearing and you're wondering what else is out there, I want to make sure that you know that our next show is going to be focused on values and what good looks like. You know, what is what do good values look like? You heard General Anderson talk about w- values, and you heard him talking about the organizational character uh, and how values play a role in that. But, you know, I want you to – some of you might be thinking, I-, I don't know how I can do all this and focus on this. I'm just smoked. I mean, I- I'm overwhelmed. I- I'm, I'm – 
in that mode, I'm just stuck reacting and I, and I never get a chance to actually lead. You know, I'm reacting to emails, reacting to conference calls, bosses, reacting to customers, reacting to employees. You know, if you want something tangible and, uh, you know, that even the busiest leader can implement, uh, that's going to have impact on your organizational culture, uh, just go to overwhelmmanagersguide.com. Check it out, please, because I think you're going to find some things there. You're going to find find uh, PowerPoints. You're going to find videos. You're going to find MP3 options. You're going to find templates. You're going to find interview questions for hiring people of character. You can find all those things for your use. Now, the question is, how do you shape that culture? How do you shape the organizational character? How do you define and create and reinforce the organizational character of, of your team? You know, it takes a leader who's intentional. That's the first thing. It takes a leader who's intentional. You heard General talk about walking into an org, a new team and specifically saying what they can expect from him and what he, 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 can, what he expects from them. You know, and we talked with Rob Nielsen, All American Leadership, and we've talked to Stephen Moore from Shiloh Camps, and we've talked about this idea of culture and this idea of organizational character. And all three have said the same thing it comes down to us, it's up to us as the leaders. It's up to us to create an environment, a workplace, an organizational character that will make our teams be the team everybody wants to work for and the team everybody wants to do business with. I mean, what, what would that be like to be a leader of that type of team? See, a team with an organizational character behaves in line with the values it claims to have. You know, the true character or team I lead is reflected in the behaviors of the people on that team. Now, the question you got to ask yourself, you got to look in the mirror and say, are the behaviors of my team aligned with the values that we claim? Are the behaviors of my team aligned with the behaviors that we, the values that we claim? And what can I, as the overwhelmed and overworked manager, do to create that alignment? You might be thinking that. What can I do? And if you, again, go to the overwhelmedmanagersguide.com. You can look at, look and see, uh, and we have a, over the Overwhelmed Manager's Guide to Winning Culture, and there's six modules that you can go through here. But one of those modules, one of those modules is focus, the focus of the next show, values and what does good look like? What do good values look like? Well, let me just ask, let me get you to focus on something here. Think about, imagine what it would be like to be on a team and to lead a team that operates like this. Here's just a couple values that uh, some of the organizations I've worked with have, how, how they've defined their different values. One, te- one team, when they defined courage and what courage looked like in action, they said, we will own our actions and eliminate excuses from our vocabulary. Own our actions and eliminate excuses from our vocabulary. Imagine working for an organization where people didn't make excuses. Imagine a team where people took ownership and said, you know what? It's my fault. I did it. I screwed up. I'm going to fix it. I mean, I always ask people, how much time as a leader do you spend trying to figure out what just happened? You're doing an investigation, formal or informal, trying to figure out what just happened. Imagine you didn't have to do that because nobody made excuses. Courage. We will tell others what they need to hear, not just what they want to hear. That's eliminating those politics that are get involved, right? When people just say say what they think somebody needs to hear, as opposed to what they what they think they want to hear, maybe the boss starts getting the truth, as opposed to a, a whitewashed whitewashed information, the complete information, maybe as opposed to important things being left out. Courage. We will speak up when there is a problem and always provide solutions. 
Now, speaking up, that's something that the general talked about. Speaking up when you, when you know what is right and good and proper, you need to not only just do it, but you also need to speak up and say, why did you do it? But then there's some people who say, well, I speak up all the time. Well, what they do is actually are complaining. Now, there's a difference between a complaint and somebody speaking up. See, a complaint, just they just say what's wrong and they leave it there. But in this organization, they say, we will speak up when there is a problem and always provide solutions. They're talking about providing solutions. They know that providing solutions, is, that takes courage as well. And that take, that's what's going to lead them and make them a great team. We will try new things and always strive to grow even when it is uncomfortable. They're always going to try new things and strive to grow. They aren't going to stay in their comfort zone. Not the organization, not the individuals. They're not going to stay in their comfort zone. How important is that? Well, it's huge, right? Because, look, I truly believe your comfort zone is your mediocrity zone. If you're going to stay right between the lines where you're always comfortable, you're never going to get, go anywhere past mediocrity. Another organization defined leadership in action. They said, we will act like leaders no matter our title. In other words, they, they expected everybody to, to lead. It didn't matter whether or not you had VP on your, on your card or you were the head maintenance guy. We will always look for better ways to accomplish organizational goals. They're always looking to get better. They're asking each other. They're asking themselves, even better if. Well, that looks good, but it could be even better if we did this. I want you to imagine working for these companies. We will be accountable and not make excuses. That's just like the ones from Courage. We will coach and mentor others to ensure the growth across the company. It's a mentor attitude. It's a mentoring culture that they're developing. Remember, our organizational character is not just the, the words courage and leadership. All right, The organizational character is how people demonstrate those values. We need to define, we need to set expectations what those good things look like. So in our next session, we're going to talk more about how to do that. We're going to talk specifically about how to go about defining what good looks like, no matter what values you claim for your company. And that's actually that first step in the Overwhelmed Manager's Guide to Winning Culture. The next step is communicating those values. And like I said, just you can do that in just 15 minutes a week. The general and I discussed that. And then how do you hire for values? How do you hire character? How do you hire people whose past behaviors are in alignment with the values that you currently hold dear? There's a whole segment of that in the Overwhelmed Manager's Guide. And then how do you coach for values? See, whatever you allow to happen on your team are truly your values. So if you say you're a team that – you're an organization that values teamwork and your value is teamwork but you let people act selfishly, that's truly your values. Because whatever you allow to happen, whatever, wherever you set that bar by allowing that to happen, that's the true values of your organization. And finally, firing for values. When should you pull the trigger? When is it time to let somebody go because they are unwilling to change their behaviors? Now, look, that's all part of the Overwhelmed Manager's Guide to a Winning Culture. But I want to leave you with something here. I want to leave you with a dose of hope. I told you, we always, we always bring a dose of reality, a dose of advice, a dose of impact solutions, and a dose of hope. Well, see, there are high-maintenance people out there and there are low-maintenance people out there. When I said high-maintenance people, you probably got a picture of somebody in your mind when I said that. But you know what? There are high-maintenance teams and there's low-maintenance teams as well. And I've led a high-maintenance team. I've led low-maintenance teams. I've led that high-maintenance team, and let me explain what that is. That's a team with, where politics are abound, bad attitudes. You got, you got people who – and every, people don't trust each other. 
They're always trying to read between the lines and wondering, what did he mean by that or what did she mean by that? As a leader, if you're in a high-maintenance team, the leaders always feel feels like they're putting out fires. They're mediating disagreements. They're making decisions, you know, and I, making decisions you wish you, you were made by other people. You're reacting to the urgent instead of leading towards the important. The low-maintenance team, now the low-maintenance team doesn't play politics. The low-maintenance team has positive attitudes. People have a positive attitude while they're there. They're built on trust. When people say something, people believe them. They, they take people at their word. They know what their values are, and they, they behave in line with those values. See, the leader of a low-maintenance team can focus on the strategy, the vision, the people development, and the future. That's, what, that's what's in your future. If you start focusing on the organizational character of your uh, of your team, if you start taking those values and you start focusing on values and repeating them and and bringing clarity to what good looks like to your team, which is what we're going to talk about in the next show, that's what it'll be like. You're going to be having fun leading. That's a team that everybody's going to be want to be part of, and a team that everyone wants to do business with. That's a team we all want to lead. Everybody listening can do this. So look, stop putting lipstick on a pig and thinking that culture is about those perks. It's truly about the organizational character. Look, I want you to get busy leading and get done reacting here. Again, if you want to find me, find me on Twitter at DaveAnderson88. Find me on LinkedIn at Dave Anderson Leadership Solutions. Find my blog at AndersonLeadershipSolutions.com or go to the Overwhelm Manager's Guide, om-guide.com, if you want to download some resources. Our next session, I look forward to talking to you about what good looks like and what the values of your team and how do you define those values and put them into place and get to communicating them and and changing your team. Until then, stop reacting and start leading. Have a great day. 